part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. We Can I call a, you Carl? There's plenty of room here had, for you. We had a weekend with, with the uh, FLF network and the theme was it was at the ark encounter have you guys ever been to the ark encounter i know you have Juwan. that's why we didn't record the yeah. podcast this weekend yeah we kind of busy first of all we were hanging out with our buddy jt oaks and Ow. his mom and dad pat and tommy be mm-hmm. jealous oh, cool. if you guys are not already we tommy they got it the oaks has got an airbnb and we were all sleeping luke and i were on a sofa bed and and uh, my girls were upstairs in a loft <laughs> and it was snug and it was very fun. We played oh. board games. Was it, was it a really nice, nice kind of homey? It was really nice. And and they're Christian house? people because okay. it's we were at the Ark Encounter for the conference. So like a lot of the Airbnbs in the area are for the tourists coming to see the Ark. And so it was called Noah's, what was it called? Noah's Cabin or Noah's House? Noah's House. Yeah, so you could go Noah's and stay house. there too. Noah's very Cabin nice was somewhere and clean. Else. And then uh, Ken Kington, another comedian, was in the area. And he came and visited and played board games with us on yeah. Friday night. So it was Holy cow. Fun. In was Indianapolis yesterday, he was doing a show, so yes. Yeah. Um, ah. So it was, it was a full, full weekend with lots of spectacles to view. Lots of spectacles. We saw it was the first time I'd ever been in the Ark, and there's some. I have some comments, you know. I was going to, I didn't know if you were willing or comfortable to it's not give us a willingness review. Willingness or comfort level, it's time. How. Oh. Much t- <laughs> how do we how say much it? time do we have here on our podcast? We're already eight minutes in. Well, I okay. can say it. I can say it that there is um, when it comes to the AIG people or Answers in Genesis people, Ken Ham, the people who are responsible for building that ark. I have this to say um, that they are adamant and hardcore about making sure that the Bible and and the word of God is respected and trusted and held forth as truth. And they do that uh, probably better than anybody. I mean, they are hardcore word of God people. You can trust God's word is the truth. You can trust it. Uh, if God said it, we then we believe it. And I, I absolutely respect them for that. They built that creation museum. They built that gigantic... Uh, Ark. They they've got an entire. Uh, I don't know what would you call it. I mean, how do you how do you describe it? It's like a it's like Disney. It's not like Disney World, but it's like this whole. <laughs> it's this giant park. You wouldn't describe it no, like Disney World. Wouldn't. I don't know why I said that, but here's how. Let me list part. all the ways you wouldn't describe it. Um, <laughs> but but it's a it's a monolithic uh, testimony to their. Uh, adherence and their respect for for God and for the Bible. So I want to I want to be clear as I say that, and I consider them uh, brothers and sisters. All right, I'm not I'm not uh, trying to disassociate from them in any way, and so that that's what I want to say first. 
Secondly, I want to say, I wish that they felt the same way about me. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I really do wish that they uh, loved and respected me the same way I love and respect them. So, is that fair, Pete? Yeah, if we're going to just leave that there, that's that ought to not take us a long oh, they time put your... to unpack. Did they, they did put your table. Uh, did they put your, your merch and stuff behind the skunks are? No, that's not actually. It's a separate, separate issue. Because yeah. the Fight Laugh Feast conference was held there um, as it's two different organizations that we're talking about. So we're part of the Fight Laugh Feast network. That's being uh, right, right. coordinated yeah, okay. mainly by Gabe yeah. Wrench and the Cross Politic guys. Um, and it's, so that's like the Christchurch Moscow people are in, you know, and ne- next year it's going to be in Texas. So it's going to have absolutely nothing to do with Ken Ham next year. The only real reason that we're talking about the Ark, the flood, six day creationism and things like that now is because this just happens to be the venue where Gabe decided to hold the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference this year. So the theme for the conference was the politics of six day creation and Ken creation. was one of the keynotes and was on and had a couple of his higher ups on like discussion panels and giving keynotes of their own. So there was a lot of interrelated, you know, networking and, and um, working together that happened. But it wasn't our not having a table this year was not related to the fact that we're apparently heretics. <laughs> Did I mention that I think of these people <laughs> yeah. as brothers? Did I mention that? That's funny because you, you, no one ever says that and follows up with something positive. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think of these people as brothers and sisters. So here's what I'm going to say. I think of these people They're as wrong. brothers. The, uh, the politics that I want. Right. Actually, we did not. <laughs> I shoved so a couple of kids down. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I would like to know your take. Anybody would be would sound off on this. But when it comes to the, the story of creation, specifically Genesis chapters 1 through 11, the... Uh, I'm going to try to be fair as I mean, fair it's as going to take way too long. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right, I'm going to. I'm not going to be that fair about it. I'm just going to be. It's the position of the answers in Genesis people, specifically Ken Ham, and I know this because I've heard him give the talk that he gave um, several times, and I heard the first time it was 20 years ago. I heard him, and he's saying the same things. But basically, in a nutshell. If you do not interpret Genesis 1 through 11, the story of creation, as a literal uh, six days of creation, that means six 24-hour days of creation, it is their position that you are not um, correctly um, interpreting what the Bible says, how, how God created things. And, and that means that you are undermining the authority of Scripture. It is their position that if you don't take those first 11 chapters literally um, the way that they that, that they say that it's, it's to be interpreted, then everything else about the scripture gets thrown out. And it gets ultimately, compromised. Uh, well, <laughs> ultimately, it's compromised. 
and ultimately you're on a you put yourself on a slippery slope to where you will and somebody actually said this where it's just a matter of time before you start affirming gay marriage right. transgenderism you haven't and, sold uh, the farm yet and, uh, but really how many more years Christ. will it be before you start yeah <laughs> That, that well, was actually aren't people to. doing that though? Aren't Christians? Yeah, doing people that? are. People are supporting gay marriage, but it's not because they There's don't churches. agree lockstep with so everything how many that years Ken Ham says. Well, I see. I see their point with that. There's a okay. So I'll start off. I'll go. I'll do the. I, I believe in. I believe it took God six days to create. The, and it could have well, took you don't need to say anything time. else, just decided Juan, because now you're a real Christian. You don't that's to... really, that's really all. <laughs> say no you're more. In. <laughs> all right, you you're are in. Yep, you're in. <laughs> Scientifically speaking, uh, I didn't really think about this until I actually was listening to y'all's podcast. But um, I think it was 24 hour periods. But the processes we talk about when they said uh, uh, gravity affects time. So I think. I think it took the sun was it said the morning and evening were the first day those happened. Oh, you're, like, now you're going to get kicked off the planet. You're platform. starting to get oh, really? a little shifty over there. I think. Well, here's now the thing: you're when you to renounce you Jesus. Measure, <laughs> oh yeah, when you measure. Oh, they sold rainbow clothes there. They're taking the rainbow back, Brian. That's not a problem. Yeah. But, Don't get me started. Yeah. Go ahead, Just, you want. When you measure like rocks and things like that, right? I, I don't think we have the right tools. Right, We're I agree. Using the wrong rulers. Agreed. For what the, was so anyway? So that's my point. What the the implications are? What y'all are talking about? I think you, maybe you want to get more into that because uh, the way you to me, it's uh, my question to people with Genesis is like, when does it become history? Do you believe Abraham existed? Do you believe? Uh, right. Joseph existed. We've all those guys, and all those things happen. So, but just the first couple of chapters—that's no, no, all metaphor. Not that it's metaphor, but that it's, but right. that you can't well, understand uh, it. You cannot understand it with the current physical bodies that we have, because it's a spiritual thing that was happening. And so the problem is really everything in the Bible, because we use words, is limiting. God and things that, like, even the, the writer of Revelation says, we cannot even find the words to describe this, but I'm going to do the best that I can. Because this is a language, they speak a language in heaven, and the angels speak a language that we can't utter. Like, there's stuff happening that's so other and so beyond us that the Bible and everything that we see here in physical form is a symbol of, or is a, you know, reduced and condensed and... um sort of simplified version so that we in our finite pathetic can't even look at God or will die form can start to at least have conversations about. And so it's frustrating when somebody takes those spiritual things and tries to make them so literal and so concrete that they are like alienating and, and denying the fact that yes, that the, the first few th chapters of Genesis, or the first few days of creation, rather, had to be told from God's perspective. There were no human beings on the planet yet. Everything that was done there was done like God was doing it with nobody else and nothing else to see it or keep track of it. 
or, you know, so there's no reason to think necessarily that he used human calendars and human clocks. There's no reason to think it was 24 literal hours necessarily when the sun and the moon weren't even created till the fourth day, quote unquote. Like, but, but more than that, more importantly, I would say, there are Christians, genuine, faithful Christians who have a different way of looking at it or who raise those objections. Maybe it was, you know, 26, 24 hour days, but don't tell me that the people who are raising these questions about the fact that the sun and the moon didn't come along until later, don't tell me that they're just compromising because they're cowards and they're afraid to say that the Bible is true. If you are, if you're affirming that Christ is God and man both, and that he died and he rose from the dead three days later. He walked on water. He turned water to wine. You're, you're affirming all of the miracles of Christ, and you trust him as your Lord and Savior. You are not afraid to look crazy. That is not what the problem is. The problem is sometimes people genuinely think that Ken Ham is wrong about some stuff, and that doesn't make them a heretic. <laughs> That's so. Did I mention that on, I think Ken yeah. Ham is my brother? I haven't. <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't listened to everything he said, but I can. There's a hmm, it it would I guess it would seem like paranoia when you when you say if you if you give on this thing, then later on you're going to give on something else. So like when you're saying yeah, when it's when there's a if you look at scripture and you go well that may not be really what happened. That's kind of this is almost every argument that happens now is. Right. There's two different worlds looking at the thing. So like uh, uh, Genesis 1, when it's talking about those things, you got people, let's say there's people who believe Jesus, and you know, but they believe that, that God used evolution to bring everything into existence. Right. And, uh, and so what and the young earth creationists would be like, well, you're saying that's, that's not what really happened. You're saying the Bible says this, but you're saying what it's saying didn't actually happen something else happened. So now since you're compromising on this, what about, you know, and you get down the road because when you're saying people say they affirm that Jesus was crucified, dead and buried and rose again on the third day, where is that coming from? Right. That's just coming from scripture. <laughs> it's the same, it's the same source. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say same source, right? but, um, but you're talking about two different but, yeah. things is the problem because if you've got like the death, burial and resurrection, we have eyewitnesses for that. And so there are, there right. are people who are actually saying this is what happened. Creation doesn't have that. And my my issue is that I I think that the 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 people who are saying, well, God created it, and and they'll specifically say he didn't use evolution. It was not evolution. And right, what they mean is it wasn't unguided evolution through purely natural processes. But no theistic evolutionist thinks that. They're they're not properly representing the the other side, and so um, Jeff asked the question: Were both no. sides presented? And the answer is no. Both sides were not presented, and that's what kind of bothered me with my brothers, um, because I feel like if you're gonna if you're going to present this, you know, it's it's not fair to to straw man the other side. And then for all of us to cheer and yell, yay, God, you know, yay for the authority of Scripture, when it's like, it's not fair, because you're saying that the other guys don't believe the Bible. And there was a whole long talk about the difference between 
uh, man's word as a foundation and God's word as a foundation. And that's the whole AIG thing. If you don't, if you're a theistic evolutionist, if you believe God used something that looked like some sort of evolutionary process in the creation process, well, you're a theistic evolutionist and you are standing on man's word. And so your foundation is going to crumble and everything's going to fall apart. But we who believe that God literally used a six day, 24 hour period, even before there was a sun and a way to measure those 24 hours, um, then we stand on God's word. And the, the point that that we were making as we were talking is that there are an awful lot of assumptions that they, they pull in a lot of assumptions out of Genesis that aren't specifically in the word of God. And if you're going to say, we just want to let God's word speak. And Mandy pointed out, there shouldn't be any sermons then ever. It should just be somebody standing up and literally Genesis reading what the Bible says, closing it, there's and that's the end of the sermons. Like crazy. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as you comment on it, as soon as you comment on it, or as soon as you give some illustration or you expand on it or whatever, well, that's man's word. And so if you're going to ascribe that to us, then we have to ascribe it Brian's to you. Brian's saying that he has to go. I know. What? He doesn't. Sorry, Brian. He, no, he, <laughs> we just have to say he doesn't care about this stuff because he doesn't like the Bible. That's what this is. <laughs> Why do you hate God? <laughs> It's all right, Brian. We'll pray all for right, you, Brian. Brian. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> Love See you, Paulo. You're <laughs> right. Thanks. I consider you my brother. I consider we'll you. We'll talk brother. about it behind his back after he's gone. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> all right, he's out. Ciao. So I, you guys did this a while back. Uh, uh, it was something interesting to me. You, I don't know if you called it biblical idolatry. No, I wouldn't even call this biblical but, uh, idolatry. Like in this case, this is not him emphasizing scripture too much. This is the AIG guys having a really hard time recognizing when they stop talking about the Bible and start talking about their own books. Like they're not. Right. They don't recognize their they're own. They're not quoting scripture. The thing, like the majority of the stuff in that arc is hypothesis and speculation, and they're coming. Fr they're they're informed by what they've read in the Bible, but so is Doctor Hugh Ross from Reasons for God, and that is one of Ken Ham's biggest rivals. He's an old Earth creationist. He's an an actual scientist. He's got a doctorate in astronomy, I think, or no physics. Um, and uh, and he has been talking about this for this stuff for years and years. He's like, when I I take the Bible literally, Doctor Ross says, I think the plain reading tells me that the Earth is old. Like I'm I'm looking at the Scripture to get my worldview, and I and I take it seriously, and I believe that it's God's word, and I stand on God's word when I say that I'm an old Earth creationist. The only response to that. To that frame or that statement is you're lying, Doctor Ross, because that's basically like Ken Ham is saying he doesn't exist. Because you're trying to buddy up to the yeah. secular scientists. You're trying to you're trying to get in good with the secular scientists, and you're afraid. You're ashamed. They kept using the word ashamed. You're ashamed of the Bible. You're ashamed of the Bible. That's why you don't say that there's a it's a literal six day because you're ashamed of it. And I just don't think that's fair. Can you remember offhand why he said he reads the Bible because and it makes him an old Because the word day, Yom, in the Old Testament, can mean era. 
And in Genesis, I think it's like chapter four or something like that. It says in Noah's day, blah, 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 blah. In the day of Noah, blah, 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 blah. Men were evil. They walked around doing whatever they wanted to do. It's the same word as the days that it talks as yom when it's talking about the creation story. Yom, yom, yom. In this day, in this day, it's poetry. The Jewish scholars will tell you that it's written very weird. It's it's not written like the historical accounts. It's written <laughs> like like we're trying to condense a huge God thing into written language. Like the creation right. of the universe. Right. <laughs> we're trying yeah. to make a poem about that. Well, for, uh, yeah, for one, what was it going to Well, there's uh, also a thing. A lot of it was oral, you know, it was told as a story for a very long, because we, we believe that Moses wrote that, right? So Moses right. comes Right, well, that was the other thing. He calls Adam. it the foundation of oh. the entire Bible. And, and the problem is that, there are, uh, at least Job is older than Genesis is as far as when it was written. And so for yeah, to yeah. latch on to that account, to latch on to that story and make it literally your wheelhouse, your podium, you know, for the last 30, 40 years is something that I think we're all tempted to do. I mean, everybody who is a, you know, chef thinks that the food is the most important thing. And you can make a case for that because everybody needs to eat. And if you're a musician, you know, everybody needs to experience music. It makes things better. It reaches the soul. You know, everybody to, to a to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But that's what he's done now with this like multi-million dollar um, facility. Now he's made literally everything in the Bible back, point back to Genesis and he makes no bones about that. So Jeff Jeff Lane asks, right. do they say it's a salvific matter? Do they say that you have oh. to be do you have to affirm six literal twenty four hour days to be saved? No, he's he puts no. it on the slide like as one of the Fine. very first slides. <laughs> this is not a salvation matter, but he's only doing that because he's had that that accusation hurled at him multiple times. The entire rest of the speech was all about how you can't be trusted with anything else in the Bible because you're willing to, to do anything. Like you're willing to just compromise on, on Genesis. So you'll compromise on literally anything. And then somebody asked whether being an old earth creationist would exclude you from church leadership. And everybody on the panel agreed that it should, you can't, so yes. you can't help us save the world. You can't help us take the gospel to people, which is salvation. Um, because you're an old earth creationist in a formal capacity, right. you can't be, can't a, be leader. a leader, you can't be, but it's not a salvation be, issue. A like to me, that sounds like that is the definition of a salvation issue. Well, you, you can't be in church leadership if you're in an extra. Well, yeah, but if you're, if you're, you're right. So believing, yeah, so, so believing that the earth is older than the creation, right. longer than six days, it's like having as, an affair. It's like, yeah. Or being a, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah. Oh, I was talking to uh, Isaac. I got to hang out with wow. Isaac Woody for a little bit. Yeah. And uh, he's in seminary. And like two or three minutes into the car ride, he goes, so where do you guys stand on uh, Calvinism? <laughs> I was like, oh, you want to get into that? <laughs> I was going to ask you what kind of drapes you and Kristen picked out for your, for your house. But uh, but Calvinism is fine. For Did they pick days. out drapes or was that predestined? Uh, no, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> the way I go, the way I the way I covered that with him, I got a point for this too. By the way, I got, I'm coming back around. <laughs> is uh, is I, I me personally? I sit. If you talk that the two ends of the spectrum are Calvinism and Arminianism. God controls absolutely everything, or God controls nothing. That kind of thing. So uh, I was like, I I 
I wouldn't say I split the difference on that, but on one hand, you can't. There's there's verses you can't get around. Like uh, before before we he knew us, he, we were predestined and ordained. As I always like this uh, quote from Spurgeon, where as we're approaching the gates of heaven, it says, "Whosoever will." And when you're on the other side of those gates, you look back and it says, "Predestined, ordained, elect." So I was like, it's it's us trying to, we live right. inside of time and space. And we're trying to explain something that's not right. inside of time and space. It's like, we can't conceive. Because if you think about, uh, there's another guy, Kent Hoven, if you want to look him up. Pretty good apologist, I think. and But he's he falls into the Ken Ham school mm -hmm. of uh, apologetics, if you want to take that. But what he said, what God said, let there be light. He said he had to create space time and matter all at the same time because you know if there's no space where are you going to put it or when is it that kind of thing so everything started at the same time so i was, so when i heard that i was trying to think you know you can think of somewhere outside of time it's some you know some weird ethereal place that you are and there's it's not affected by time but think of no space that's when I started. Like that's when my brain starts folding in on itself. Right. <laughs> Just try, you can't think of not. You can think of nothingness, right. but that's still you know this big black expanse. There's still space. You can't right. think of no that's space. That's because you don't have so any well, faith, Juwan. That's because you don't have. <laughs> so the, that's so that's because you the, don't trust that's God. Where I think, that's why that's happening. <laughs> that's where I think you're going with, because you, yeah, that's where I think you're going with right. the creation account, and the in Genesis is that yeah we couldn't we. Definitely, Moses couldn't describe scientific processes uh, down to the molecule until you, you know, that uh, time right. and, and space bend when there's a large gravitational right. pull and all that there's, stuff. There's so. an assumption that because we have God's word, because we have, because he has given us this revealed um, testimony, that now we ought to be able to extrapolate absolutely everything like anything that we're curious everything. about we ought to be able to you know to in to read between the lines um for example one of the things that was said right up front right up at the very beginning was you know we know it says that god created um and and after he created things he kept saying it is good it is good and then he creates man and he says it's very good and so um, we know this. We trust this because we rely on God's word. We trust that God created a perfect world. Well, pause right there. Because if you know the Gerald Schroeder, God according to God theory of creation and time dilation and how gravity affects, you know, and traveling at the speed of light would affect the passage of time and things like that. Um, you know that it's actually very important that Genesis does not say God created a perfect world. It doesn't, it says very good, but for you to then insert your own word, perfect, that's you crossing from God's word into man's word, because it's, it's different. There's, there are people who would argue because words mean different, slightly different things to different people. There are people who would argue that if God created a perfect world, he must have messed it up because people sinned. He created us with the potential to sin. We agree about that. But by definition, is that perfection? No, the only thing that is perfect is God. And so if God created something perfect, he would just be creating more of himself, is what Gerald Schroeder right. argues. So you can't define anything else as perfect. Anything other than God must be must have the potential to sin or be or the potential to fall as it did, as it has done. And God created that 
He didn't create perfection. He created something that was unlike himself. He does not have the potential to sin, but we and the universe that he created do. And so it's not perfect. That was Ken Ham's word that he, and it's not just him, but he's just the example here. There are a lot of young earth creationists who are inserting words like that into their speeches, apparently not even realizing that they are not representing the other argument well. Right. Right. And that's when we, the, the, the problem that, that I have is not that we have a right. difference of opinion and it's not, it's not that they see things differently than I do. It's that I don't feel like we've even got the opportunity to have a reasonable discussion about it because frankly, that side is completely sealed off and closed up now. I mean, and they've spent, they've spent years and hundreds of millions of dollars, literally erecting this, the shrine to God's word. Uh, this <laughs> theology, yeah. This this is shrine to to a theology That's now that full of a lot of to, things that aren't God's word. Do you, so do you think? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of well. Do you think Noah's Ark happened yeah. or? Yes, it did. But that's one of the other think, problems. I know that it happened that because we jumped from the, the six day. We jumped from a six day creation to the flood, right. and and they're not necessarily right. I know connected. That, just because I know that Noah's Ark happened because it's recorded in the Bible, and God God tells us that it happened. However, I also know for a fact that it did not happen exactly like every single one of those exhibits that are in the Ark. I know that there's stuff in there that they've questioned or hypothesized about or suggested about or imagined they named all of noah's sons wives they named noah's wife they've got you know they've they've right. got uh, they and they said yeah. it they they said it they said that this ark is, we don't know exactly right. what the ark looked like we could we don't know we don't it, the bible doesn't tell us what it looked like so we speculated on all of this we're right. cool with all of that i mean we're not having heart attacks about the fact that the ark is is built with a fin at the front of it and a roof on the top and all that. We And they just assumed or speculated all of that stuff, which is fine, but they will not be that charitable to us when we speculate on, on like maybe stuff. Adam and Eve were the first humans, but not necessarily the first upright walking creatures. Maybe it doesn't make a person a heretic to say, wow, God, created the first human there because he breathed a light he breathed a soul into them he set adam and eve apart from all the other creatures on earth because we know the bible tells us that but does that mean that he took a magic wand and poofed them into existence is that what that means that he actually had to that one second they were there and the next second or the next second one second they were not there, and the next second they were, and that's the only. Well, they he formed Adam out of the dust, and then he right, took but a li rip like literally Adam. takes <laughs> dust, and like all of a sudden there's a sort of a whirlwind, and then there's Adam, and then another whirlwind a couple of days later with a rib uh, uh, floating around in there too, and that's a couple hours well, later. But see, that's what, and, and that's the problem. That's the problem that I have is you say if you're going to say set aside Noah's Ark. Um, we're just going to talk about creation. If you're going to say, well, God absolutely did not use evolution, and they do say that. They're emphatic. You can't even that. say it Big Bang. You evolution. can't even say Bang, God did it, and there it was, because that's Big still Bang. trying to co-opt the language, and the only reason that you would ever do that is to try to win cool points with the culture. So you can't can't say it. So 
so I have to say God created the heavens and the earth because that's what the scripture says. All right. Now, as you were talking during the show about your inner voice or being able to picture things, being able to being able to put right. things in your mind, I can't use evolution. I can't see any. So, so what exactly am I supposed to see? What does Ken Ham see? What goes on inside his head when he says God created the heavens and the earth? What is he? What is he looking at? And how is he? Just tell me that, and and I'll picture that, and then I'll be perfectly in line with what the scripture says. I mean, whether do animals start raining out of the sky? Do animals bubble up from the ground, or or does are these giant hands fashion all the little animals and sprinkle them down into the garden? What is he looking at? If I was if I was standing on the earth during the creation process, what would I see? And and that's the problem. I feel like there's absolutely no charity extended to what I see in my mind. But I have to absolutely believe that Ken Ham, what he sees in his mind, that's the gospel. That's God's, God's word. word. God's word. Yeah. Huh. Do you can you think of a a line that you won't cross? Uh, what what would make it not? Is the the fact that God steered mm-hmm. nature mm-hmm. and created these things? Mm-hmm. And if you say that he just because I had a we had a professor at our school and he was talking about the Big Bang, and um, he was you could call he was Catholic so you could call him a theistic evolutionist, and uh, he would say that basically that God, you could, I don't want to oversimplify, but basically God spun this universe in motion, and he set all the laws, uh, and then he and they just basically creation takes care of itself. Kind of situation. That's so deism. That, to me, yeah. that's more of a I would call that deism, deism, not theism. So, right. Yeah. I don't so, think that. Uh, to me, that's a, yeah, but the, that's not a, that's not necessarily yeah. a deal breaker though, is it? Because if you're a what, deist. I mean, like, would that send, would that send him to hell? Because well, now we could talk the, about the, if you're contradicting Thomas what Jefferson something guys, in scripture says, that's a deal breaker. Enlightenment. But it's not contradiction to say, here's how this other thing fits. Like, here's how this other theory, or here's how what I'm seeing in my head still fits. If you take God out of the equation, that's a deal breaker. My problem was that the AIG guys were treating theistic evolutionists like they're just evolutionists without the theism attached. And that makes a difference. Because... Because God changes everything. God takes something that's impossible or laughable and makes it possible. Without God... There is no purpose, there's no power, no life. And so we're agreeing about that. But rather than focusing on why theism is more important than anything else that we're affirming, they're treating them like they're just evolutionists. And with old earth creationists, they're treating them like they just believe the earth is old and they're ignoring the creationist part of that title that makes the whole difference. If they believe in the creator, literally anything else is possible. Now, what you were saying was, how do we know about the creator? How do we know about Jesus? Well, we have to look at scripture. Unfortunately for us, though, it's not an exhaustive description of everything that we, like we have curiosities and we have questions even after reading it cover right. to cover repeatedly. And so, well, yeah. they, they brought this up at the, at the 
convention too. So the, the AIG people and, and the FLF people were all talking about the importance of nature. Doug Wilson gave a whole talk on the right. nature of nature. And so, and, and everybody agrees that God reveals himself through the Bible, but he also reveals right. himself through nature. And they agree with that as well. And they, and so, so there's this contradiction that happens when they're like, Oh, science. And all. it's like science is part of nature. God, it all belongs to God, you guys. So can we stop fighting with with our brothers who happen to be scientists and had said, hey, you know, we've studied the universe and what we've discovered is time works like this and gravity right. works like that. And why why does why did God throw all of that out? Why why do you have to be a good Christian? Why does why does throwing all that out? Oh, the creative the creative process had nothing to do with the laws of physics right. and nothing to do with time. And it was all, it was all this. I mean, it's a, it's a miracle that there is a creation. We all agree on that. Why is it? Why is it that when some of us go and, and science is this overwhelming, this overwhelming thing, look at the elegance of mathematics and the elegance of physics. And I mean, it clearly points to a designer and you're like, no, you're just trying to cuddle up to the, to the, Evolutionists and the, the, the anti-God people. You're just trying. Is you're that just what you love? Science because you hate God. And Did you hear that though? Did they they were not in those words. Did you hear that? Not in those words. No, but there's they actually there's, said there's very much a God's yes. word overrides everything. So even things that you find in nature, even things that you that that would be true in nature, if they see them as contradicting God's word, for example. Evolution. Evolution is contradictory to God's word. Now, the Bible doesn't say anywhere anything about evolution, but because they've decided that that's contrary to the creation process described in the Bible, they were it's wrong. They were it's, actively it's evil, actively attacking William Lane Craig for saying things like, "I hope the young Earth creationist view is wrong," because. That hyper-literalism would cause me to have to believe some absurd things. Now, nobody got to hear what he meant by absurd things or why that hyper-literalism would be absurd or have to lead to absurd things. What Ken Ham then did was say, oh no, having to, having to believe absurdity? So you're ashamed of the scriptures? And it's like, no, Ken, he's ashamed of what your interpretation of scripture would force him to believe. I happen to know what one of the absurdities potentially could be. Now, that doesn't mean that it didn't happen because God is able to make crazy things happen. But one of the th the strongest argument a young earth creationist has is if God took millions of years to create the universe and the earth, then there would have been hundreds of thousands of years worth of death, disease, and decay happening before Adam and Eve came on the, the scene. There would have been animals eating each other. There would have been plants dying and, you know, the, the, uh, bloodshed and things happening before the fall, before humans sinned. And If it's if a it, literal six-day creation. What? No. If it's... If it's literal six days... Oh, she's talking if about evolution if happened, evolution there would happened. have been bloodshed and death and disease yeah. for hundreds of death thousands of years before the, the fall happened. And there's a place in the New Testament that says that, um, that death came about because man sinned, because of the fall, right? So their strongest argument is 
that God did not create a universe and then call it very good, full of death and disease and bloodshed from these all these animals um, before humans even had the chance to sin. So they're saying it had to have been a shorter time period than that. But they're, they're reasoning to this. This is extrapolation, right? They're, they're saying because of this other verse in the Bible, which is just as true as any other, that, the, that death came through sin, um, that, that therefore there could not have been very much time that passed between creating, you know, the light and the land and the land animals and then the humans and having them fall. They were only in the garden for a very short time before they sinned and then sin ushered in death. However, one of, since we're using our imaginations and since we're extrapolating and since we're going, well, that would mean this and this would mean that. What it would mean if Adam and Eve lived in the garden and nothing died, nothing. We're going to be hyper literal about this. That would mean their skin cells didn't die. That would mean the plant cells that they were eating prior to the fall, the fruit things, didn't die. There would have been no... Um, and we, we have a friend who has this belief. There would have been no uh, digestion, as There's we know, no, no waste. waste products. That he believes that poop and farting are both products of the fall. Those are things that only came about because of sin. And sin causes death. And death causes decay. Decay causes the need for us to be rid of waste products. So. I consider that guy yeah, a brother too, I, by the I way. I do too. What I'm saying is, we're not talking about the absurdity of Scripture. We're talking about the absurdity of what a certain interpretation of Scripture may throw in front of us. And and so, if William Lane Craig is like, wow, that's a pretty hyper-literal approach to that Bible verse, I would say that spiritual death didn't happen prior to humans being given souls, that they were made in the image of God, and at that point they became responsible for their choices. And that's where spiritual death became possible. But as far as nothing died, there was no shedding of any cells no off of your, <laughs> sloughing off of skin cells or anything like that. No hair loss, you know, little follicles that sometimes fall off. That never happened. Right. No that bacteria. seems absurd. And there are many other things that become absurd when you take a literalist approach to what is meant to be a symbol or a an allegory or a... Um, summary of a very, very complicated matter. Yeah. The summary I get, metaphor, I don't know. <laughs> but but like you're saying, we're, our words can only go so far. And I, I don't know if I've ever experienced the ungraciousness of the, I guess I've been on the right side of the creation debate. Well, not. as long as you don't <laughs> tell them that you have any doubt that God literally created everything in six days as long as they don't get a a whiff of any sort of evolutionary you know hijinks or, or any sort of any sort of man-made science as long as you go just with well as long as you go just with what they think is you know <laughs> as long as, and you give them latitude with noah and the ark and you give them latitude with if, if you were to ask them a question, and I have, I've asked, well, how long were Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall? They will say, well, the Bible doesn't right. tell us. And, and and see absolutely no problem with That's saying, irony, well, yeah. the Bible doesn't tell us that. It's like, right. okay. <laughs> but then, and then they just go right on. And it's like, for me, that would be, that would make me pause and think, rethink everything that I had said up to that point. It's like, so what other things am I 
am I afraid? So your your entire six day creation is based on um, all of these things dying, all of these millions of years or so on happening before Adam and Eve fell. And so I'm asking you the question: Well, when did they fall in this in this time scale? And and you can't tell me. I mean, yeah, you, I you would, don't know, we don't know. I how would long say the word the, garden. the word metaphor is not even a word that I would use to describe Genesis because I understand why they're leery of that. I understand why they don't want to become Good. the progressive Christians. And I don't even call them Christians. They're it not progressive. Like they're, they're not progressive Christians. They're just progressives and they're not even progressive. They're regressive and they just undermine all of scripture. I get it, but I'm not saying, and, and Dr. Hugh Ross, I've listened to a lot of his lectures. He's not saying that it's metaphorical either. He says, I believe in a literal six day creation too. But when I say six days, I mean six eras because that is how the word day is used sometimes. And I, I take the Bible right. literally. But Ken Ham, when he debated with Hugh Ross, and he's done it a few times, he won't leave it at that because he's like, you're playing word games. I know what you're doing. You're, you know, you're, you don't actually believe in a literal six days. And that's why they started classifying it as 24-hour days. And that is true. He doesn't believe in a literal 24-hour day day, but that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say God created the, the earth in six literal 24-hour days, or else the debate would be right. over. There would, you know, there wouldn't be anything else to say. Well, the thing... Well, it'd still be a debate, but the thing that, it wouldn't be as, as vehement, I think I guess. the most frustrating, I think, for me is the fact that, that you're, we get credited with being disingenuous or being told, oh, you're just playing word games. You're just trying to play word games. We really are not playing word games. The, the, the fact that time slows down in the presence of gravity is, is a scientific, it is a law of nature. It's the way God designed nature. When you have more gravity, time slows down. So to say it was a literal 24-hour day, which planet are you talking about? Are you talking about Earth? Or are you talking about Jupiter? Because it's different times. A, a day takes longer on Jupiter than it does on Earth, but it's still a day. If you were to take, you can't, you can't live into, God can, but we can't live in two right. different time structures. We can only live in one time structure. And so when you say, it, it, you have some of that even on Earth with the different time zones. Well, what day did that happen? It happened on Tuesday. Was it this side of the planet or the other side of the planet? Because... <laughs> It happened. It can happen at the same time, but it's two different days, depending on where it's happening on the Earth. So time is not a thing that you can just declaratively say it was 24 hours and be done with it, because it's it's bigger than that and more complicated. Than well, that. time is so weird too, because it's at, on one hand it seems like something arbitrary that we just said. Hey, it takes sun shows up the same. Uh, the same moment, you know, for for us. So we start counting those things, or how many times the the moon goes full, right? Right. But uh, if I if I can, I'll try to represent them, uh, because and, I, and and Amanda said this a little bit, but I do want to say because like the the concern is, you know, if we start modifying this scripture, because I've heard Christians standing on stage saying that Jesus. And you've you've said this. This was on. We've done this on Facebook too. 
is that Jesus doesn't want you to be like him. He wants you to be your most authentic self. Or like mm-hmm. I, I heard a, a pastor, I don't know what you want to call him, a speaker. I heard a guy in a church, he was standing on a, on a stage in a church saying that uh, Jesus wanted you to, uh, to become uh, like he is a Christ. He's one of the, like you, being Christ is at one with the universe. Right. So that's kind of says that they're saying that's what you'll get to, which you can't, you can't deny that that's where we are right now. There's people saying right. this is true Christianity is um, not being like Christ, but being true to yourself and, uh, and, right. and affirming everyone and all those things. So there's, so there's lines obviously that we've crossed, but I, but I, I see what your point is. Is that you're saying that there's no room for? Well, I actually there's no room for discussion. If I you actually differ have, on the scientific. It, whether the, you believe in God uh, makes all the difference. If you're if you're a pagan and you say evolution, that means something completely different than if you are a believer in God. If you believe that God made the universe and you say the word right. evolution, that means it, it's it's a shame that it's even the same word because it has, it has they have nothing to do with each other. The pagans well, do yeah, not respect God. And, and I do. And I, I'm not going to argue with anybody who says that God made the war. I'm not going to argue with Ken Ham that God created everything. I'm not going to argue with him about that. I'm not going to argue with the New Testament scholar that says that says Jesus is at this moment holding everything together. That here's, he created everything and he is sustaining here's it. Here's the I'm not thing. Argue I, with we, we are way over our time. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Juwan's, Juwan's <laughs> going to need to look into this. And he's the kind of guy who gets the bug in his here. ear and then he starts like researching and he's going to have like a thousand questions over the next Just few digging. weeks. Here's something you don't know, probably, Juwan. And t- take it and do with it what you're going to do. You use the term modify. You said if we start modifying, where does it stop? There are people who believe that the young earth creationists are the ones who are doing the modifying. They are reacting negatively to the... Uh, Darwin, Darwinian era from the late 1800s through the early 1900s, they're freaking out because they're like, oh no, evolution is taking over. And with great reason to be freaking out, they're like, oh no, people are denying the existence of God. Now we need to more than ever defend what the Bible says about creation. And it says very plainly that it was not millions of years. That's what their argument is. But even Ken Ham said this weekend Old Earth creationism is not new. It predates Darwinianism. Long before Darwin Darwin postulated his theory of evolution, there were Jewish scholars and some sects of Christians who believed that the Bible taught that the Earth was old. They got from Scripture alone that it was an old Earth before Darwin. So somehow he said that as if that was like a nail in the coffin. Like, oh, this we've been fighting this monster for years. It's like, no. Actually, it was not considered such a huge monster until <laughs> recently when Darwin became enemy, public enemy number one in the church, again, with good reason. And everybody started freaking out and thinking they needed a much more definitive answer from Genesis than what anybody prior to Darwin was getting from Genesis because prior to Darwin, people read Genesis and thought it was an old earth. Man. Well, the way I've always approached it is because uh, I, I thought they did a really good job, at, uh, especially with the Ark Encounter, is what would it look like if this was if, if this did mm-hmm. actually occur? 
So like with the arc, they put the, they put that thing together with hand tools, and they were able to show how you know you could make it uh, yeah. waterproof with pitch and uh, and then the other question of like oh, I think Jeff asked you know how they get dinosaurs on the ark? They were well, small. they were answering that question yeah. like you said with imagination. Right. There's not or small or the other thing was uh, uh, two of every kind right. of animal. I thought that was a brilliant thought right. was that there was a dog kind and then from those dogs right. just like from adam and eve descended all of their kind you know all the different breeds and species well then so i think right. dna supports that right because you can right. have a yeah anyway so but but what you're saying is they're taking it one just one half step further and saying what we've done here with our imagination is Right. Basically, they're treating it like scripture. I think they what, seamlessly cross back and forth saying. without realizing it. I think there are many yeah. times where they quote scripture, right. and we have no disagreement there. And then they just as easily go back to quoting their own books. And I think after many, many years, they've kind of blurred the lines in their own minds where they forget how much of this has been revealed to them by God himself and how much of it has been sort of hypothesized by men. And it may or may not be correct. And so I don't have a problem with the, with the um, you know, hypothesizing the... the hypotheses but actually all of that stuff about dog kind and you know how how many animals would go on the ark that's all well within the wheelhouse of the theistic evolutionists they're the ones who are making that argument but for some reason they get in trouble for it well yeah yeah even at the creation museum they'll Happens. say that micro evolution is right. observable and and right. tr you and can actually, track it and it's measurable. Right. So they'll say, what yeah, microevolution is that he is believes that every that the days of creation, the, the account in Genesis, is an account of all of the times that God created ex nihilo, while in between those times that he allowed them to um, uh, to evolve a bit. But he doesn't even really use the word evolution because he's not an evolutionist. But the point is. Ex nihilo means from nothing. Without God, there would not even have been the right. tools or the matter yes. to put together into these creatures. And there were multiple times in that account where he intervened miraculously adding to or renewing or shaping something into a brand new creature from nothing or a brand new part of creation from nothing. Um, and he's not a... He's not a deistic God. He, he still does that even today, and we call them miracles. And he does miracles every single day, and he's constantly involved with his creation. But um, that the creation account in Genesis is mainly documenting the major times where something big shifted on the planet. Something, something spicy and new happened, like, on the scene. And um, it, it agrees with the fact that in between, we see the variation, but that that no missing links will ever exist because there was never a time where a monkey turned into a, you know, a human. God had to breathe the soul into Adam and Eve um, because only God can create. Okay. So he yes. Ross says yep. that there's no missing links. Yep. Huh. Okay. I guess um, maybe that's the concern is Darwinian evolution is like yeah. leaven, leavening the whole loaf. So right. if you're kind of, if you buy into, evolution then you're gonna th you're gonna start defining things yeah, that's from the a materialistic standpoint well, kind of creep right. that, there's the potential for that to happen always but that's just that's just atheism and and the, the truth is that darwinian darwinian evolution is actually is actually falling on the way yeah out. it's yeah. on the way out and even reluctantly there are secular scientists who like 
who aren't on board with it anymore. They're very quiet because there's it's like us talking about a not a literal six day creation at the ark encounter you know you, you kind of whisper you just don't do it and uh, yeah but but it's on the way out because it it's it's 150 years right. old and it's bad science it's it's not it's not relevant it's it's evolution right. is a fairy tale for visiting the comedian's house if you want to spend more time with our family you can follow john branion on youtube and facebook also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions we'll see you next time